fairy tales welcome back to another week and another episode this episode is brought to you by just hannah um last week uh it was just lacy on our last episode and she did a phenomenal job but we've just had some unfortunate circumstances keeping us apart recently where she's been sick and I've been starting school back and it's just kind of been complicated to get our timing and health and schedules to match up. So this week it is just me. And in honor of school starting back, I wanted to bring you a spooky spot about some of the most haunted schools. This episode is going to give a whole new meaning to, quote, school spirit, or school spirits, I should say. So I'm going to tell you about some famous haunted schools and what makes them haunted, and a couple of side story tangents that came up in doing some research. So I will admit that I was going to keep this spooky spot pretty lighthearted for several reasons. One, the topic of school obviously hits close to home for me since I am a teacher. And two, because honestly, I am just the weaker one between Lacey and I. She is the one who normally handles the really spooky stuff on here. She is just stronger than me in terms of researching the scary stuff. And so the research started that way. It started lighthearted, just a couple of friendly, harmless ghosts. But then things took an interesting turn and brought up a whole new topic, idea, storyline that I'm going to touch on just a little bit, but but I might have to save a lot of it for when Lacey and I are back together again filming. Trying to find find out the singular most haunted school is kind of like trying to sift through everyone who says they have the best cup of coffee and a lot of people say they have the best cup and there's just a bunch of them out there a lot of people say they have the most haunted school so I'm gonna tell you a couple of different smaller stories there wasn't necessarily one big one that stood out so there's just a lot out there a lot of options to consider that you can kind of dive into on your own, if you will. But I want to share a few with you today. The first one I want to share with you is a haunted elementary school in Ohio. And you know Lacey always loves to give you the addresses of places. So this is Post Town Elementary, which is at 6600 Trenton Franklin Road in Middletown, Ohio. And the zip code is 450 Now, I first came across this school when doing research because um, BuzzFeed did a tour video walkthrough of this school, and so I watched this, and what was interesting about their video is they had a whole group of people go through, and they had a variety of people who had different kind of levels of belief in the supernatural kind of ghost world which I kind of appreciated because it wasn't people going in there like knowing they're going to find something it also wasn't people going in there as total skeptics they had a little bit of everything and 
they went through this tour of this elementary school, which I'll tell you more about it today, but it's a very normal looking school. It's a classic red brick building with the white columns out front, lots of windows that you know are lots of classrooms. And it's got kind of a, a, the longer drive, which you would use for uh, carpool pickups and drop-offs. But whenever people say they enter or, or step foot onto the premises, everything just kind of feels, the air feels heavy. Um, there's always kind of this sense of someone watching you. And that feeling gets even more intense as you enter the building. So as you walk through, there's several different rooms that have different levels of spookiness to them. There is, first of all, there's a central stairwell when you first walk into the school through the columns. And to the right, there is a cafeteria and a boiler room and on the first floor. And then to the left, there's like the janitor's uh, little office and the gym. And then on the very left side of the building, there is something called Sarah's Stairwell. And this is said to be a stairwell where a tragic accident happened where a young girl named Sarah fell from the top of the stairwell all the way down to the bottom. And this is kind of that stairwell that had the, it's the classic, I mean, school stairwell where it would wind up and down. But there was a large enough gap in between the railings that if you tipped over the edge at the top, you could fall all the way down to the base, to the basement level, to the bottom. So Sarah's stairwell is said to be a room or a part of the building that the presence is felt very strongly. At the top of Sarah's stairwell, there's a reading room and a music room. Most people, if they feel a, a presence there. It normally is not a sinister one. Um, people have reported feeling children or that like the weight of what they would describe as like a child or somebody sitting on their feet in that room, in the reading room. In the BuzzFeed video, they actually had a girl sit in a chair and read a story. And she had kind of had, I have, I have this feeling too, like a restless foot syndrome kind of where my feet are always moving. And she said, a few pages into the book, her feet felt like there was a weight on them, and she said it felt like a kid was sitting on her feet. Same thing for the music room. It's not necessarily reported as something being as kind of sinister as Sarah's stairwell, for example. But the other two places in the room, well, there's actually three other places in the school that are reported as um, having some school spirit, if you will. One of them is the principal's office, which, as you can imagine, if, you know, kids got in trouble, this is where they were sent to, and people who go into this room now describe a feeling as, you know, having this sinister principal presence, if you will. Then there's also the bad teacher hallway, which this, as a teacher, just breaks my heart, but this is one where you, when you go on these tours, which we're going to talk about that in a second, but they tell you don't misbehave, um, this is where you get in trouble, this is where you have the feeling of always being watched, that somebody's watching you. And in between all of these things, so you've got Sarah's stairwell on the left, 
left of the side of the building and then the principal's office on the right and the bad teacher hallway at the top. But so kind of in the middle of all that, right at the top of the central stairwell is what people claim is a portal. And there's some sort of scientific reason that they would say this is the spirit's portal, something about it's where water and iron and some other element meet. But it's also at the top of a stairwell. And so it's a it's a scary place to stand because there's this fear of being pushed down the stairwell or there's this feeling of you know the the ghost passing through this portal but this is post town elementary school in middletown ohio now it's not an operational school anymore it's the building is still there and it it appears as though sometimes they host some fundraising events or things like that there it was it was dedicated in 1937 and it was operational until 2000 and now however it is only operational as a like a tour place you can go and take tours of post town elementary school you can if you go to their website which is hauntedohioschool.com you can take these like guided tours or investigations is what they call them. Um, if you go on a Friday or Saturday investigation, it is $400. If you go on a Sunday through Thursday investigation, it is $300. And you can even book a lodging room for $75. So now this is kind of more of a touristy spot. If you visit their website, you can also see where they have posted different events that they have, but also um, diff other evidence that people have found. So you can even kind of sift through the evidence that other people have, have found or seen or witnessed there. So it's up to you if you want to look online and check out everybody else's evidence or if you want to book your own investigation and attend an event there or even stay there that is all a possibility for you so this was one of the most interesting haunted elementary schools that I found there also was in terms of a high school a famous high school from Texas has um, its El Paso High School in El Paso Texas this is another one that has been said to have a lot of paranormal activity, unexplainable things like mist in the hallways or goo dripping from the ceiling. Um, there even have been claims of them finding hidden classrooms like underneath the building, which I th there's probably explanations for all of those things. But probably the most famous moment of or example of paranormal activity from El Paso High School is a yearbook photo which if you look at the graduating class photo of 1985 there is an unidentified girl who is dressed in white which is a classic kind of ghostly outfit but People who were there in that yearbook photo claim that she was not there during the, 
the picture. This is it's the classic, you know, everyone's lined up side by side, and it almost looks like she's in a row, kind of in the middle, that kind of that cuts off halfway across, and she's a little blurry. So she looks a little smaller, a little more blurry than everybody else. There are a lot of people wearing white, but her white looks different. It's like a dress instead of a, it doesn't, it almost doesn't look like it is the same time period clothing, but it was only in the, in the printing of the photo or after the fact when people looked at the photo that they saw her. So people who were there claim that they couldn't see her, but they do have accounts of people claiming that during the photo, they their hands felt clammy or that they felt weird while taking the photo. And I don't know. I mean, I don't love photo taking photos, so maybe these people were just nervous and wanted to look good in their yearbook photo. But the photo is interesting um it's it's just the one photo and it's just the one the one yearbook which side note to el paso texas unlike the elementary school el paso high school is still an operational high school and so they are not doing guided tours and haunted lodgings but the class photo does reportedly reside in a trophy case at the school in the in the school hallways and whether or not they did this so that people can help hopefully identify her who knows but she resides in their halls in the form of this photo maybe she's the one causing some of the weird things like the mist or the goo dripping from the ceiling but some alumni or faculty from El Paso High School say that they've seen hundreds of ghosts hold pep rallies in the middle of the night there. I mean, you've got a little bit of some folklore here that kind of has developed from this or, you know, the reports of hearing basketballs bouncing when the doors were closed and the lights were off and no one was in there. So a little yearbook drama for you from El Paso High School. But when I was doing some research about these schools, one of the things that came up about this haunted elementary school, because obviously, you know, where did some of these stories come from? Sometimes it is a tragic accident that happened in the building. Sometimes it is dependent upon the location of the school, whether the school was next to a burial ground or somehow connected to a a war battlefield um, the elementary school in Ohio actually brought up a whole side story that in in Lacey's episode about London Bridge she she stumbled across this idea of I don't know if I'm saying it right immurement and so we're probably going to add a whole episode on immurement now this time when I was doing research on these schools I kind of stumbled on this side story about baby farms so one of the tour guides who was walking the Busby crew through the uh, post town elementary school in Ohio mentioned something about 
the school being uh, like way back in the day being somehow connected to a baby farm which this was the first time I had ever heard the term baby farm but apparently baby farming is this historical practice of accepting children like infants in exchange for payment in the late Victorian time period and honest this sounds like kind of very early stages of maybe adoption or foster care but it has a way more kind of I mean not only a sinister name or a, or a negative connotation to the name but this is kind of before it was regulated and things like that uh, this was also during the Victorian age which we did a whole episode on the Victorian time period and orphanages and things like that were very common during that time period so it kind of it kind of makes sense it parallels so if you haven't listened to our Victorian age episode go back and listen so baby farms a side literary story here baby farms were also mentioned in the story Oliver Twist by Charles Dickens so there's a Victorian novel reference for you there um, baby farms were less common in places like Australia in the United States and some of these but some of these baby farmers quote unquote adopted children for these payments others would just um, kind of act like a nanny or a caretaker but this exchange of money kind of made things a little bit more interesting. So in, in these examples of people or baby farmers, I hate this term, but accepting lump sums of money for in exchange for a child, it, was, it became profitable for them. And so it was more profitable if they earned the money but then didn't have to do the work and if if the infant for what or child for whatever reason died they still received that money but they then didn't have to spend that money on taking care of the child so some baby farmers would adopt multiple children and would not be bothered if they ended up passing away from a sickness or neglect or something like that. And some even were pushed to murdering the children that they adopted. So this is where it kind of got wild for me. And this is where I started to like want to hit the pause button and wait for Lacey on another episode, which I'm probably going to do. But I was going to tell you about a few people, uh, just quickly kind of tell you them by name. There's, it, it's going to have to be a whole episode, I'm afraid. So there were several people who were tried for murder or manslaughter or criminal neglect that were actually hung for this crime of like infanticide. There was a woman named Margaret Waters who was executed in 1870. And there was a woman named Amelia Dyer who was executed in 1896. These two were probably the two most infamous British baby farmers. Um, I, we, I'm gonna, I want to do a whole episode on Amelia Dyer. I've, I've posted a picture of her on Instagram. 
there's even this strange connection to her maybe being Jill the Ripper. We did a whole story about Jack the Ripper in our Victorian episode. There's a lot to unpack there. So I've kind of flagged her for Lacey and I to do more on. And there were other, there, there's there's all these other baby farmers who were found guilty of adopting babies and killing them. Uh, the, I, I, there's just, this is going to have to be a whole episode. There's another lady named Minnie Dean who apparently, there's a whole story about her putting a baby in a hat box and I'm going to have to let Lacey unpack some of these because I think that I'm a little too, I'm a little too soft for these. So looking for the positive in this, an investigation on this baby forming concept began and there's a report in 1870 in a letter to the times that concluded quote my conviction is that children are murdered in scores by these women that adopt that adoption is only a fine phase for slow and sudden death so this undercover investigation started they Eventually, they, they get all these articles published in the Times. There's even articles published in the British Medical Journal in 1867. And finally, the UK passes a law to regulate baby farming in 1872. And this was called the Infant Life Protection Act of 1872. So there's kind of the like, I, I basically skipped all of the really scary stuff and went to the, the happy ending that they regulated this and put a stop to it and made this law in 1872. But we're going to come back to Amelia Dyer and to Minnie Dean. A couple of other haunted schools I wanted to tell you about were, so we did elementary school, we did a high school. I wanted to tell you about a couple of colleges, which interestingly enough, in doing some research, several colleges in our home state came up on some lists. So I wanted to tell you about a few of them. The Travel Channel did an article about the 15, about 15 haunted colleges and universities. And two of them were from Alabama. One of them is the University of Montevallo. And the other is the University of Alabama. So a quick story for you about the University of Montevallo, which a lot of uh, the southern colleges, especially in the state of Alabama, have some ties and connections to the Civil War and whether the land is on like Civil War battlegrounds or a lot of schools were turned into stations for soldiers or training grounds for generals in the arm in the war or were sometimes used as hospitals. So that's, I think, why a lot of colleges end up having, and a lot of colleges are just very old. So, But the University of Montevallo, the story goes, so this was first founded in 1896 as the Alabama Girls Industrial School. And in 1908, it is reported that a student accidentally set her nightgown on fire while making hot 
chocolate. So she died from burn from the burns, and she supposedly still haunts the main hall at the University of Malibu. People report sightings of a ghost covered in flames, and they say that you can hear her screaming through the halls at night. All because she caught fire while drinking a cup of hot chocolate or making a cup of hot chocolate. So there's a little bit of a in, fairly innocent, friendly ghost for you from the halls of Montevallo. But another one which is interesting is the University of Alabama, which is where I spent some time. So this is the oldest public college in the state of Alabama. It's been operational since 1831. There's, there's some private schools that might be older, but this is the first, the oldest public college. Obviously, it's well known for its football, but it might be lesser known for its haunted library. So, you know, I'm going to bring you some literary moments in here. But the library is called the Amelia Gale Gorgas Library, named after a woman named Amelia Gale Gorgas. Um, it's a huge library. It's beautiful. I mean, red brick building, these big columns and staircase out front. I spent a lot of time there studying for lots of things. But this is this Gorgas Library is supposed to be one of the most haunted places on campus. I did not know this at the time. Uh, Amelia Gale Gorgas was the wife of the former university president, and it has been reported that people have spotted her drifting around the fourth floor of the library overseeing the bookshelves. So, I tried to bring you some spooky stuff, and when it got too spooky, I shut down, and I gravitated towards the, the sweet spooky. So, you've got a ghost making hot chocolate and you've got a sweet Amelia Gale Gorgas ghost just reshelving books on the fourth floor of Gorgas Library. Now one last college that I want to talk about is Penn State and Penn State is a very old college. It is um, it has a lot of history to it. It is a popular item on the list when you are researching some haunted ghosts. But the reason I want to talk about it today is because I could tell you about a ton of different ghosts from Penn State, but there was actually an interesting article published by Penn State University that gets into the why behind some of this ghost lore, if you will. Because just because a lot of these schools have ghost stories, it does not necessarily mean that the culture is incredibly superstitious. And there are other reasons why ghost stories are often popular. And so kind of getting behind the why of some of these stories being told is is interesting to me. And I think it's a good way to end this, this episode. So there, this article interviewed a associate professor of journalism from Penn State who has a graduate degree in folklore, which is a, I think is a really cool combination. Um, I don't know why I didn't think of, of majoring in those things at the time. But his name is Russell Frank, and he has a quote where he says that 
these ghost stories are, quote, a starting point of one of the primary questions that we ask ourselves. What happens when we die? End quote. So some of these ghost stories are perhaps people wrestling with these philosophical questions of grand importance, like what happens when we die. But other ghost stories might just be potentially a little bit more lighthearted than that. They could be people trying to fill in the blanks and find information and about things that they're less certain about and kind of plug in information. It also is sometimes a way to provide cautionary tales for other people. And we've talked about this time and time again on this podcast where a lot of children's stories or fairy tales or folk tales or nursery rhymes even are a, a lighthearted cautionary tale on the surface, but maybe even a, a more important necessary cautionary tale if you look at some of the history behind it. Obviously, when you have people going off to school and going off to college, you have a lot of young, impressionable people that maybe some of these ghost stories are being told as a way to influence them and, you know, kind of tell them how to behave, whether it's something as maybe simple as not playing on the stairwell or you could fall and get hurt to something even darker about you know violence and staying safe and not walking down certain dark roads at night because of ghosts that lurk there because of bad things that happen and sometimes ghost stories are even maybe just a history lesson or a cultural moment this makes me think of ghosts from Harry Potter where they are the kind of just giving you a little glimpse of history or a different culture from a different time period that they aren't always necessarily considered sinister or they're not providing cautionary tales but sometimes they're just providing a little bit of history which I know that um, on this podcast we, we we go through some history we go through some cautionary tales and we also go through a little bit of a lens of entertainment. So those are our haunted schools for this week. We brought you a haunted elementary school, which you can tour yourself. We brought you a haunted high school, which has a mysterious yearbook photo with a mysterious girl in the photo. And we have brought you a few haunted colleges as well. So I am greatly looking forward to when Lacey and I are back together. It is very strange talking to yourself on a podcast. And I apologize if this episode felt a little wimpy because Lacey is our, she's the, she's the Halloween queen. So she is the one that is always able to bring some of the more spooky stuff to us. But both of us have some future episode ideas that came out of these singular individual episodes. So I am excited about bringing you more about Amelia Dyer and maybe Minnie Dean and baby farms. And Lacey is going to, I think, put on our list the Amurement episode. So 
there you go. That is this week's episode on Haunted Schools. Don't forget to check out our Instagram where we have posted some photos of some of these haunted schools and the haunted library and Amelia Dyer and Amelia Gail Gorgas. And we hope to be together again next week. Um, although who knows what the future will hold. But we hope you're having, if you're a student, we hope you're having a great start to your school year. We hope that your school doesn't have any haunted ghosts. Um, if it does, leave us some comments on Instagram. We would love to hear about your haunted schools. And until then, we will catch you again soon. So 